0: Welcome to the podcast. I am Shane Barker, your host of Shane Barker's Marketing Madness Podcast. Welcome to this podcast on content marketing best practices. We'll be talking about the best content marketing practices that marketers should follow to boost their campaign results. With me today, I have the author of two acclaimed content marketing books and the founder and CEO of Vertical Measures, Arnie Kim. He is a thought leadership in the realm of content marketing strategy and conducts numerous conferences, workshops and seminars globally. Listen as he advises young marketers on how to come up with content ideas that can potentially go viral. By the end of the podcast, you'll learn how to maximize the potential of your content marketing initiatives. It is definitely worth your time. So hey guys, what's going on? It's Shane Berger here with Arnie Ken today, the CEO of Vertical Measures. Arnie, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it.
1: Oh, Thanks, Shane. I'm happy to join.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell the audience, just give us a little bit about your background. I mean, I know that, like I was telling you earlier before you started this, that I don't even know where to start with you because you have, there's a lot of things that we have parallels with, but you've done so many different things. And I was telling you, we only have an hour. Like, I feel like this should probably be a two or three day workshop or seminar on like Arnie's life and and what's happening, how he got to the point where he's at today. But tell us a little bit about you. So like where you grew up and kind of give us a little background.
1: Uh, Well, I was born in Buffalo and at the age of three moved, upgraded. To Cleveland, but uh, I got married and in my 20s moved to Phoenix, Arizona, uh, sunny Phoenix, Arizona. I don't think you can see it. Yeah. It's been raining for two straight days here and uh, been here ever since and absolutely love it.
0: Phoenix doesn't know how to handle that when it comes to no. rain. I- Right. i know people lose their mind i've been in phoenix and when they rain it's kind of like the same thing here in sacramento we we get rain but when they it rains people lose their. i don't know how to handle it it's like you did you drove in rain last year it's not like it's snow it's like you just drive a little slower but well and actually i don't
1: i don't know if you can see well enough yeah. behind me but there's a parking lot and yeah. below it is the uh, one level parking garage I went down there. I had to drive an SUV. I went down there this morning. I could not even get to my spot because we don't worry about drainage here. I did. My parking spot was about a foot deep of water.
0: So, yeah, that's, and it, when it rains out there, it rains hard. Like it's a, it's an yeah, aggressive. Oh yeah.
1: It, yeah, yep. But I think the whole country at this point is, is uh, you know we have nothing to complain about.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. Absolutely. And true. actually, not usually
1: in Arizona, we never complain about this. I mean, we we want the rain and we want the snow, which the the north yeah, is you, a lot of snow, so it's fine with us.
0: Definitely need it. Definitely need it. So, anyways, right. go ahead. So, sorry about that. I was go, go a little bit about your background here.
1: Well, anyway, so anyway, grew up there, but moved to, to Phoenix uh, to for my whole adult life. Lived here thirty some years, but. And I don't know, business-wise, this is my third different business. We started Vertical Measures formally. We incorporated in 2006. I think we got serious about it in 2008 when when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and finally decided to rent some office space and form the agent, you know, really hired somebody. And that's kind of the immediate official start. And that was a little over 10 years ago.
0: Wow, that's crazy. And so, and your wife's also part of the organization, correct? Yep. She does our uh,
1: HR and our payroll. And what happened was I had another company and we sold it. And I, I know you have a question about this patent, if that comes up, but that was a company that we went and patented, patented some technology and thought we were going to become internet uh, billionaires. And then of course the, the bubble burst, if you might remember, if you're old enough. I am. So that was uh, maybe uh, 2002, 2003. We kept the business going for a little while, uh, ended up selling it to Nielsen, actually. Yeah. And so I became, through that whole process, we were doing a lot online and I kind of became the internet guy with my friends and family and all that. And I had a few clients and moved out of the office, shut down the office we had and I moved home and my wife and I, I was just doing some consulting and she was helping me with the books because I've never been able to do bookkeeping very well and all that. And as the business grew, she stayed with it and uh, now uh,
0: runs that and uh, that piece of the business. That's awesome. So she's the brains. That's, that's, right. that's what I mean. That's yeah. I'm translating because my wife like right. does the same thing. She helps me with my books. Yeah. She helps. I'm like, no, actually she's the one that runs things. Like I just, yeah. I'm not going to say I'm the pretty face that runs things. I'm just where people see, right. They, they see me more than they see my wife, but it really at the end of the day, she's the, the thing that keeps the glue together. So I, yeah, I, I get I was,
1: that. I couldn't have gotten this far uh, without, cause I don't do that well. So yeah. <laughs> You know, See that's you and I are
0: the same. I'm not good. I we were joking about this on one of the other podcasts we did. I'm not really good with numbers. Like I was like in accounting. I'm like, oh, this is so difficult. I'm and I'll I'll lie and say, oh, I've been doing this for three years when I've been doing it for ten years. I'm I'm always this. There's for me. There's just the timeline thing is just always skewed. I always I feel like my brother's like probably twelve years old when he's thirty-five and just got married and had a kid. So okay. you know, no. it's it's um, my timelines are always pretty skewed when it comes to that stuff. So that's awesome that you and your wife work together like that. I mean, yeah. we like I said, that's always. Um, you know, it can be. I can be awesome. You've been married for how long? you have been. Well, we've been married uh,
1: thirty-seven years. How about that? You're a soldier. You are <laughs> an
0: absolute soldier. Thirty-seven years.
1: Yeah. Don't ask any more personal questions. Huh? Okay. Yeah,
0: I know. I was like, man, we got all kinds of stuff. This guy's 37 <laughs> years. I feel like, I feel like I've, I've got the oracle of relationships. I feel like we should <laughs> content and go straight into relationships. Well, right. that'll be all another podcast. I think we'll stick with content today. So cool. So what was, I mean, give us like an interesting fact about when you were growing up. I mean, what is like something that, that nobody would know about you that you think, okay, most people didn't do this or you know, deal oh. with this, or have this or got a few of those, huh?
1: Well, and many I won't talk about um, yeah, yeah. to this day, yeah. Well, you know, you can, if you if anybody's doing any math, you can figure out I grew up in the 70s, which I think was an awesome period of time to grow up. Music was awesome. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and, and the town I grew up in was a small, you know, we used to kind of get teased that it was like the Norman Rockwell kind of town, and we were always... They called us the Hicks, but we didn't know any better. We just thought it was a cool little town. And now it has actually become a historical place. I go back to visit, and it's like these buildings are a couple of our museums, you know, <laughs> so, um, which is a weird feeling. But it was just this quaint little town in Ohio, uh, outside Cleveland, but you know. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So where you grew up is now a museum. That's, that's, yeah. That's what and the cool part is that you can actually remember the music from the 70s. Because I know if I, judging from some of the people that I've talked to, they're like, I think the music was good. It was kind of a long 10 years. It was a little bit of a blur, blur for whatever right. reason, right? I'm not right. sure why that would have been. But the 70s, yeah, I was I was born mid-70s. So that was, oh, yeah. Yeah. was yeah. I, yeah, I tell you, man, I, you know, I obviously grew up in the 80s and, and 90s, but it was fun. man. I mean, it was always a fun time. My My mom and dad, they were California hippies. Yeah. That was, you know, they were big thing was, I mean, I remember listening to like hard and just all the different types of music. It was just such great music back then. I, I feel I I'm getting to a point now where I feel like I'm, I'm getting old in the sense that all the music, all the, any new music that's on the radio just drives me nuts. Like whatever it is, like I've hit in that point, I'm like, Oh, it's just not like the old music that we listened to. And I remember my mom saying that and I was like, Oh, she's so old, you know, God, never said, and now here I am, I'm the same person's going, Oh, my son's like, Oh, I love this song. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's so annoying. How do you listen to that? And I'm like, Oh. There we go. I just transitioned right. You then, just did it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Lose my hearing and then lose my hair. This is awesome. I can't wait. This getting old thing is gonna right. rock. Right. Yeah. Well that's cool. And then what what college you went? to? You went to Kent State, I think. Went to Kent
1: State, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, outside Cleveland, if everybody knows, and that usually I get asked, was that during the uh, riots? If you remember the riots, and no, that's it wasn't. Right. I, I'm not that old.
0: Wasn't that Vietnam? Didn't that is that when they had the riots? Yeah, they were
1: protesting it against Vietnam. Yeah, and that's when uh, the National Guard ended up shooting four students. And there's a famous song from uh, Crosby, Stills, and that. Yeah. Uh, Dead in Ohio. Yeah, but, but yeah. So older people will usually ask me that question yeah um, that's, i remember my my mother being horrified that i was going to go to kent state because
0: where was all this uh,
1: riots yeah
0: yeah, well, that's the thing. And well, can you imagine now? I mean, it's like with the media, how the media flows and things that happen. It can be, and I'm not saying obviously four students dying is a is a big deal. But, you know, it's it's crazy. Like when I was, to give you an example, I was in Charlotte for the riots, not for the riots. I was just happy to be in Charlotte at a consulting project. And I remember my mom and the media here in Sacramento and California was like, oh, my God, like people are dying. And they're like, and I'm like, I'm in the middle of the streets right now. Like, it's not that crazy. now, All Right. But it's just kind of funny how the media, you know, can take stuff and kind of takes it to the next level sometimes. And I was like, yeah. no, it's not that. Now, I, I did end up going home because, you know, there's there was some stuff that happened. So I didn't want to be necessarily a part of it. It was just right. crazy being in the middle of it and helicopters and all that fun stuff. But yeah, anyways, exactly. yeah, good stuff. The fun stuff. So cool. So how did you get into content marketing? I also, hold on, before we talk about that. So right. I did something. Did you, something about Icon? Did you work at Icon? Yes, amazingly. Most of the people who even
1: work here, they're not quite thirty. They don't have any idea what this Icon thing is. But the first company I ever had uh, during the '90s, I did end up selling it to Icon Office Solutions, which is what exactly what you said. And I remember when we it was a we had a technical training company, so we were training. We were actually one of the first. We we think we were the first Microsoft certified training company in the country. We worked a lot with. Uh, Microsoft, in fact, Bill Gates knew us, and I actually used to email with him, and he would actually answer my emails back then, yeah. um, which is kind of amazing. I know. But we had a big, and it turned into a good-sized technical training company. And Icon was primarily known as a printing company, copier company, and they wanted to get into the whole this whole internet and technology thing that was starting to happen. So they went around and bought a lot of technical training companies like ours and software development companies, and just anything they thought was gonna make them hip and cool and relevant. And within about, I would say three years, they sold almost every one of those assets back to the original owners or the people who are now running them. In fact, the guy who was my controller, so this is, you know, what is that, 25 years, 20 years ago easily, still is there running the business and they pretty much gave it to him to take over after I was gone. So the copier company did
0: not quite figure out the technology thing. So this is what's, the reason why I asked you about that, the reason why I know anything about that is I used to own a copier company. No, no kidding. Nobody <laughs> knows that about me. Like I, the fact that I just said that, people are going to be like, you got it." like, the internet's going to, well, the internet, all three people that are listening are going to go crazy. My mom's going to be like, I knew you had a copier company. <laughs> so it was called, Sacramento copiers. And so I remember Icon and I remember that in the Phoenix area. Yeah. Because we do a lot of lead generation too, because we did so well in Sacramento lead generation wise. Long story short, I had this really a big company, 130 employees. My copier guy came to me one day and says, Hey, you know, we want to, I'm thinking about doing my own, go and break it off my own to start a copier company. And I was like, Yeah, you're an awesome dude. Like, let's do it. And so I that's how I got in the copier. Oh, no
1: business.
0: kidding. I got five websites. I did start doing some lead gen, and the lead generation that came through was just too much for him to handle. And so I'm like, I had these websites. And he didn't, he wasn't selling a lot of copiers, doing a lot more service stuff. And so I had these lead gen websites that I ended up leasing out to different companies. So I'm really familiar with That's why when I saw Icon, I was like, that has to be Icon, that has to be the yeah. copier industry. I can not tell you the
1: last time someone actually asked me that. I mean, you have to be a copier guy to, that's ask, it.
0: to know that, yeah. It was when I said, I was like, I have to ask him about that. Cause I'm like, it's just such <laughs> a small funny. world. It was, yep. yeah, I'm no longer in the copier industry now, but it was, uh, um, it was an interesting industry. It was the, the reason why I liked it is because I was, I went in, I actually really, I really didn't want to piss people off, but I made some really big copier companies here in Sacramento mad because we were not on the scenes. We were like just one website. And then when I came on and, and pushed the market to the next level, like literally overnight within Probably a few weeks, let's say, we were number one for a lot of these keywords and there, and before they didn't really, they weren't doing that. It was more handshake, offline type. Yeah. And so, like, what is going on here? And so, we started pulling this business and later on they said, well, we ended up researching you and realizing that you were a two-person team and it really made us mad that we were, there were millions and millions, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, one of the companies here. And so, they actually came back to us and said, um, at this point, my buddy started doing more service stuff. He's like, we want to lease those websites. And eventually, they, we ended up you know selling them. But Oh, leasing um, yeah. It was phenomenal. It was, man, talk about easy money. Cause I mean, the thing was, is they, they couldn't do what we could do. And right. So we couldn't handle the leads, which is a great problem to have. So anyways, yeah, yeah that's the copy of thing was, right. that was kind of a, it was interesting to say the least. It was definitely, it was fun because it was kind of an ar- ar- older industry and just the online thing they just didn't adapt. And I went yeah, in, they- in a few months and, they're like oh my god like I the VP of this company actually brought me in after I reached out to him and said hey we're gonna lease these websites you want he goes oh my god come in tomorrow he's like you like made it so I couldn't sleep for a few weeks I'm like, what are you talking about he goes you guys came on the scene and I didn't know, like came so hard you guys were everywhere there was these five copier companies that just came out of nowhere and I realized I finally figured it out that it was you he goes you really caused me a lot of stress and I said well I'm here to help you but I said now now you can lease the websites you know now I'm here right. to help company so anyways it's funny so anyways copy your industry so all right so
1: and before we move on I should say hi to our one listener
0: hi, that's Mrs. it that's it she all and right. she's here that's and that's I come that's the thing this is what you have to do with podcasts this is what I realized is that if you start off with one person you go to two you yeah double well there you go right so What's I mean it's, if you keep the numbers really low then it really is a percentage thing I tell people listen Every week I double in size when it comes to my audience and they go, that's crazy. I go, no, that is crazy. But that's yeah. what, I mean, this is the kind of podcast I run here. It's like, I, it's, yeah. it's very aggressive and we obviously push extremely hard and we double numbers. I mean, that's just what, the numbers. That's great. Yeah. that's it. And that's if your wife, thing. I mean, if you or your wife or some, or your kid, I mean, it's just at this point, we might have 10 people. I mean, we might 10 times this thing. I, I don't even know. They, I'll have to remember to tell them. Yeah. But I yeah, will. Text. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. yeah. Maybe send them a fax to a copy machine or something. be <laughs> I'm <laughs> send it over to him and get him to record. <laughs> All right. So now that we've talked about something that probably most of the people on the podcast, my wife, who's the only person who's listening, doesn't care about because she's like, oh, a copier company again. Tell us a little bit about the content marketing side of things because you have a, obviously it's like copier stuff. And now, like, how, do, how did you get into content marketing? Like, when did that become a, a transition for you? we like, how well this make sense to get into this thing called content marketing?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. When we started Vertical Measures, I was just kind of doing everything pa- pay per click. You've been around long enough. I don't know if you remember GoTo, but they yeah. were the go to. So I actually was in there. Their offices, they were teaching me how to do paperclip before you know Google even existed, yeah. And so it's just kind of a you know one man shop, right? You do kind of everything, but I do remember being at a conference and I don't remember which one it was, it could have been an SMX or one of you know back in the day. And I remember yeah. sitting in one of the rooms and uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of people because those events were pretty darn big back then, and, and it was about link building. And, uh, you know, the question was asked, how many of you in here hate link building? And, you know, of course everyone raises their hand and I'm sitting in the back and I, right then it just hit me. I said, well, that's our market. You Perfect. know, we're going to go solve the pain problem. So I came back to our office and we might've had five people then. And I said, vertical measures is going to be a link building company. So for the next three years, we really did well, but it was back in those days, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Links. <laughs> and, um, in 2010, well, actually, 29, I think it was 2009, I, I formed an association here in Arizona called the Arizona Interactive Marketing Association. And one of the first speakers I wanted to bring in was this guy named Joe Polizzi. So uh, I invited Joe and he came in and he was just getting the Content Marketing Institute going and content. Yeah. Well, he had it, the content marketing world didn't exist. And he came in and we spent the day together, you know, at lunch when he did his talk at night and whatever. And by the time he left, I was like, this is now the next phase for vertical measures. I just, you know, totally bought it hook, line, and sinker. You know, and I I realize there's all the people out there who say, oh, I've been doing content marketing for 20 years and all that. I say, yeah, yeah, I know. But, you know. Yeah. So we went through the phase of, so we, so the first thing I thought we should do to kind of rebrand Vertical Measures was to write a book about it. So that was the first book in 2011, uh, came out in 2011 called Accelerate. And it was really an eight-step play-by-play book of how to actually do content marketing online, of course. And uh, so we worked really, really hard at rebranding Vertical Measures that way. And I think we became pretty well known for it. Uh, My son and I actually wrote the second one, Content Marketing Works. Mm-hmm. And that was based on everything we learned in between, because we made a lot of mistakes as an agency. You know, you know, back when we were telling people, oh, we'll do a ninety-day trial, yeah, <laughs> you know, things like that. And it you know, of course, those never work. <laughs> so we came out with the next, the second book. And uh, what you probably don't know is, or maybe you do, but we just re- uh, just published our third one. Uh, This week. It's all about the customer journey. So, uh, that is awesome.
0: Congrats. That's awesome. Where are you selling the book at? Uh,
1: Well, the book will be on Amazon uh, next week. Right now, you can go to our website and download it um, uh, as a PDF, and it's a 337 full color. It's it's awesome. I'm I'm really, really, really proud of it. It was a team effort, but it, it literally follows mapping basically content and and, and optimization and and paid media and all that, but to the customer journey. And and it's got a great story behind it and as it follows someone through their customer journey and uh, just real happy with it. Really, really good book.
0: I think. So you have to be a proud dad of that. That's awesome. How long did it take yeah. you to put that together? I mean, I know, uh, trust me, I'm working on a book right now, and I won't tell you how long I've been working on it, but it, it might, I might have started in the 70s, actually. I think that <laughs> was... One
1: <laughs> right, little Led Zeppelin encouraged you yeah, and got yeah,
0: you going. Yeah, it's, it's so insane. how
1: long do you think, based on your effort, what, what do you think?
0: I don't want to compare it against my effort, because your effort and my effort are different, because you're coming out with yours on Amazon. So I don't sure. want, to comp- I want to compare apples to apples here. Um, three, four years? Two. Yeah, the idea to
1: start this book and the the germ of the idea of what it was going to be about and how we would get it done really started about two years. We, in earnest, got five different people that work here to kick in and help write chapters maybe a year ago. So we kicked around the idea and kept changing the idea and came up with this whole story concept and all that. Mostly, I guess, in uh, 2017, 2018, we decided to go for it. And it took us, from the time we said, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to commit these people and all that, took us about a year.
0: That's awesome. Actually, just a little bit over a year. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. on that. I know. I mean, I know that's no easy feat. I it, mean, like, it, is hard. I, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. a lot of moving pieces to it. I And I, I think I've said this on every podcast. I think I just talk about the book thing just so I, people can hear me whine about my book. That's never going to come out. But I, it's going to come out one day. I swear it'll come out either either. a When I die, they're going to read all nine pages that I wrote. and They're going to be like, God, he was <laughs> on to something. That kid, he was on to something. I, could, I read it like all nine pages. <laughs> I kind of feel like 10 and 11 was going to be crazy if he ever right. got it right in it. So, All right. I don't know. Uh, anyways, we'll know here the next year whether I come out with my book or if I just keep talking about it on podcast 958 about how I'm going to come out with this damn book. That's. I'll tell you what, I don't
1: know uh, how I got the first one done because I think I probably did what you did. I spent six months trying to convince myself this was a stupid idea. And then I finally, what I actually somebody suggested to me, I don't remember anymore. It's been too many years, but said... I should get a ghostwriter. And I you know, I didn't know if I wanted a ghostwriter because I wanted to really, you know, want it to be mine and my words. But what I did do was I hired a guy to come in and he spent maybe two or three days interviewing me. Uh, And that made all the difference in the world. So he interviewed me, he recorded everything, he went away for about a week or maybe maybe it was a month, I don't remember. Went away and just typed it and then sent it to me. And that's how I got started.
0: I think what I would do is I would probably need two people. I need one person to interview with me and the other person to kick my ass. I think for the next month of like that continuous, like, I guess at that point the person already has it. Maybe I don't need the second person to kick my ass. I'm trying to think here. Maybe we'll just do the one person. We'll try with the one person and I'll let you know how it goes. That's actually a phenomenal yeah. idea because it. that's the hard part for me is, I mean, I have started, but it's like, you know, I don't know. It was like getting all that information out. Right. I mean, I, right. I, I write right. all the, the team writes all the time. I got plenty of content online. Like literally I could probably take all 5,000 articles that are online and make a book, like have somebody make that into yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Yep. It, once again, I know there's always an easier way. I don't know why I get that, that block of like, cause I'm, I'm the same thing as you was like, I want to, I mean, I'm, I really want it to be me. Right. I want people right. to, I want that personal feeling to it. But then again, the time to, to do that between everything else that we've got going on. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just, Right. That's interesting. Okay. I like the interview yeah. thing. And actually
1: he interviewed other people at, on our team at the time too. Ah. You know, so I get to a section that maybe I wasn't the subject matter expert on or whatever. And I would say, Oh, if you go interview, you know, Bob or whatever, ah. uh, he might be able to flesh this out a little bit better. And so then he put all that together, sent it to me. And then I pretty much, then I went through from beginning to end and wrote it, you know, edited it and wrote it in my words. Then we had to hire an editor, you
0: know, once it was actually, just about done. Yeah, but when you get around to hiring an editor, you're you're close to the finish line. So. Yeah, and that's it. Well, I can I can smell it. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm <laughs> getting, we're, getting, we're one step closer every time we talk about it. I'll tell you. Yeah. But that's good. I, like I said, I think if I had a dollar for every time I talked about my book, I, I could just retire. I wouldn't right. even have to write the book. I mean, that's that's the kind of cool part. So we just got to keep that moving. I'm really excited about that. So cool. So we know a little bit about vertical measures. It's been around for what? how many years now? Well, I'd say 11 years, 11 technically
1: years. 13, but we really, really have been in this
0: business for 11 years. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And the content marketing side of things is always just so interesting to me. And that's, I mean, obviously the name of the podcast is content that converts and content being any type of content, but I like talking with people that are heavy in the content space just because it's so interesting, right? I mean, it's going to continuously evolve. I mean, we, well, the same thing for like, we, it's probably seven years ago is when I started writing for my blog. In fact, I, I told you I teach at UCLA and I actually have my original blog post up there, and I teach a class called uh, personal branding and how to be an influencer. But I keep that up there because I read it with the students. And they go, God, your first blog post, that was terrible. And I go, right. I know, it was. That's my whole point, right? People yeah. want to hide from that. And I go, no, this, the thing is, but I got started. Right. That's the deal is like, that's the hardest part for all of us. Right. Like, it's like, we all want to do this and a book being an example, but like, you know, like you just got to do it. Like it's yeah. this, is. I leave this up here so you guys can look at this and laugh and go, God, that's terrible. Yeah. But look where I'm at today compared to where I, now I'm teaching you. Right. So it's a, right just take about that full cycle of, of that, you know, like where, where you started off and where you ended up. It's just, right. it's interesting. But yeah, like I said, the content side of things. So, so when you guys talk about, talk about vertical measures, so what exactly, like in one line, or it can be longer than one line, like what is exactly what you guys do? So is it content? Is it, you talk about backlinks? I mean, what is like, if somebody, if I was like, Hey, what's the perfect client for you and what do you guys do? What, how are you guys that perfect fit for them? You know,
1: I can't do this in one line. I have not, answered
0: anything. I know. Right, right when I said that, I was like, damn, I just set him up for failure right here on this podcast. This is why nobody listens to my podcast.
1: <laughs> so um, you said your mom did and your wife. So I'm counting on that.
0: We we are really counting on that. Trust me, but I, I wish that, I mean, like I said, between them and my aunt and Aunt Louisa and Auntie Jane. Anyways. You just
1: grew the audience by 50%. Yes,
0: I'm telling you, this is what we do. Right. Is, well, I just got a text message. He's like, Auntie Louisa is going to listen. I'm like, no, shut up. The numbers are going <laughs> crazy right now. I tell you, this is. We're going to have the rock on next or something. Wait till you see
1: those conversion rates.
0: Ooh, now yeah. we just, now just whispering in my ear. This is crazy. Man.
1: <laughs> so vertical measures. So uh, now we're a pretty full service digital marketing agency. Yeah. We, the only thing we really don't do is web development. But we do everything from, you know, content, optimizing it, do link development, and then a whole promotions team. So we do all paid media, uh, lead nurture, CRO, and our ideal, cl- actually our ideal client would be someone who allows us to do all of that for them. And we have a handful of those and some are pretty darn big and well-known. I and mean, that's really cool. And, yeah. You know, where they just, we just have this trusting relationship and can show the metrics that actually conversions are working and all that and traffic's growing. So that, that's kind of us, we're 60 uh, full-time employees now and uh, still one office. We have a remote person on the East Coast near Boston. And that's kind of us in, that might actually have been one long sentence. Yeah, so I, no, I, don't, I, don't,
0: I, don't, I don't think there was a period. I think that was yeah. good, I like that. A little bit of a run on, which is, I'm very common for that. So <laughs> asking my editors, I'm like, no, that's no, that's fine. They're like, that's a whole paragraph. I'm like, right. I just didn't want to stop the sentences, kinda of just kept going, right? Isn't that what it does? And they're like, yeah. please don't write your book. Please don't put your book out. So it's awesome. Sixty full-time employees, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I have I have thirty-two. My whole team's remote. So I had many moons ago, I had a business that I had, it was all at 130 employees, not for content marketing. it was a whole nother, it's another life ago, you know, but, and that was like, I I just was, I always told myself, oh, I probably would never have people, not that I don't like having people in house, but I've just done a different business before. It was just a lot of, just a lot of people. And so now I did everything remote, which is some value to that. And there's, you know, there's ups and downsides, but that's interesting. 60 people. So you guys got a big old office over there.
1: Yeah, we have a pretty big office, but yeah, I think it's 10, 11,000 square feet and we're getting pretty full <laughs> so Man, that's gotta make awesome. that next and it's funny because we've gone back and forth on the whole remote the people you know our, we ask our team should we start doing remote should we let you know and we have remote days i mean not everybody shows up yeah. there every day and all that but everybody has a spot You know, everybody has a desk yeah. but it's tough because we we do collaborate a lot i mean we have a lot of ad hoc meetings or just you know getting the group together and i know you could do it remotely but they're just there's just energy and yeah. uh we're kind of stuck on that right now. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, and and once again, there is something about being belly to belly, right? And having those conversations. I mean, I, my office, I have an office here in Sacramento, but it's mainly like where I do my podcasts and I do, you know, I don't really even have clients here. Like it's all set up for if a client was to come in, I got my whiteboard that we'd paint on the wall and did all the fun stuff. But it's just interesting. I just, the remote thing just made more sense for me on this business but I do understand, I mean, I do, there is part of me that misses, you know, you know, talking, having people actually physically here. I mean, I have a, my office has other people in the offices and it's like, so, you know, I mean, it's yeah. not like I'm by myself in this remote area in like Montana or something, but.
1: Well, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you uh, find that you are just working, like there's no beginning and end of your day though, being remote? What does end mean? Yeah, right. I've heard of this word. <laughs> All you right. mean, there you go. All right. Work? Because I, I'm telling you, you know, cause I did work at the um, house for the first two or three years. And even on my, when I work from home, remote day or whatever, I find those are my long days. And I, there's just something about I go to work, I do, I do this all day, and then I go home and I feel like I have that separation. Even though I get back online and, you know, I'll do all that stuff, but there just feels to be that separation. And I'm just wondering, how,
0: how do you look at that? So here's the deal. So my office I'm in right now is an actual office, not a home office. And I just made the transition like a year ago because I was working. I mean, I had the big office a long time ago with 130 employees. You know, that's a whole nother conversation. This time I was like, okay, I'll work from home. And then I was working from home, but once again, there was no end, right? I mean, I'm potentially a workaholic and maybe potentially a workaholic. So, you know, there was never that end for the most part. Like my business, my old business, I work probably 20 hours a day, like unhealthy, 30 pounds overweight, like just not doing good. I mean, wasn't doing bad, but just was not healthy. Wasn't have, yeah. didn't have a, well, now that I have everybody's remote and then I oh, have this in here that's just my office, my my office, you know, office, and then I have an office at my house, but I'm barely ever in that office. You know, I try to I try to have that separation because it is now my my work life balance is a lot better just because of processes and stuff and, you know, hiring the right people. And, you know, there's just, you know, how it is, man, yeah. you just, you get, yeah. you get things. Now you feel a lot more confident about things. And so now I'm at a really great place where, you know, I come into this office and for podcasts and for that kind of stuff, but I have a beautiful setup. I mean, it's everything I want. My wife made it beautiful with plants and people come in and they go, Oh my God, you're so creative. And I go, no, no, I just had the credit card. That's that is. all that I had was the credit card. And I said, just don't bang it too hard. If you can just make it look beautiful and just not, you know, I don't want to pay on it for two years. So, right. yeah, so my wife did a phenomenal job. So that's, that's kind of my office setting is, is that. And like I said, every once in a while, I, I have other companies, like I have a real estate, wholesale real estate company and some other stuff, but that's not here. This is mainly my, my area to, I come in in the mornings and get some stuff done. I try to get a little workout in and some other stuff. So I right. guess what I'm saying is it's, you know, in the beginning it was that it was working way too much. And you know, it's hard to like produce that, but it's like anything else. You get those processes in place. Like now we like your team. I mean, we produce content at scale. We can produce extremely good content at scale and do backlinks and all that other fun stuff. We try to focus mainly on content, like mainly on like just writing blog posts, some conversions of obviously, driving traffic, you know, backlinks and stuff or link development or whatever we you know. That's kind of where we, and then influencer marketing is where we spend. We, we don't do a lot of PPE or anything like that. We really try to outsource that, but we, did we used to, right? And so it was one of those like, hey, let's take it all on. And then we got to a point where I'm like, ah, I just don't want to take it all on. You know, it's like, I there's certain things that we're really good yeah. at. And so that's what we're scaling now is like, we know that we can produce con- really great content at, at, at scalable levels for, because that's what most companies have a hard time doing, right? Well, Absolutely. there's a hard time doing a lot of stuff, but content's definitely, or, or blog post is definitely one of those. And obviously, that can yeah. you know, break that off into other pieces of content, but. That's interesting. Wow. Congratulations. 11 years and 60 employees. That's awesome. So we've already talked about the books a little bit. So I I definitely get the idea of that. Like, so what is it like when we talk about like content, right? So there's obviously a lot of different types of content. Like when you have your clients, so what kind of content have you guys seen that, that does well, and I know it obviously depends on the product and the service and, and all that, but like what kind of content, like if you guys have content, what kind of content do you guys create that really stands out? Like what's working for your clients right now? Maybe you can give us maybe an example without giving away the secret sauce, of course.
1: Yeah, I don't think that, well, kind of my passion since the first book maybe, (laughs) so that's seven or eight years, is to convince people, and you probably know this really, really well, but to convince people to create content that people are actually searching for. Hmm. And I just, actually, of our clients and people I talk to at workshops or on stage or whatever, if they could just leave with that and remember that every single time they create something, they would probably be much further ahead. Yeah, Because it drives me crazy to hear or audit sites or do whatever and they say well we just it just isn't working for us it just isn't working for us and then i go to their blog or resource pages or whatever and start looking around the site and i i start looking at just the titles and i think well yeah because you're trying to be fun or funny or you're writing what we would call journalistic headlines that no one's actually searching for and until you're in my view and this is and i realize this even sounds extremely old school and maybe even boring But the bottom line to why you're doing this is to help grow your business, you know, usually. And so if it's not working for you, just try to imagine would someone search for this title? And yeah. if they are, you probably have a good idea for a piece of content. There's a bunch of ways you can research and find out what people are searching for, but solve their problems. I mean, that's that's what it starts with. And then if if you're seeing wild growth and you have great conversion rates and the business is booming and you want to throw some just fun, clever, journalistic stuff out there because uh, you want to get it out of your system or you think it'd be fun or might go viral or whatever, go ahead and do that once in a while. But yeah. uh, anyway, that's my long my answer to that.
0: And I, I think there's 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 absolutely something to that because the funny part is is when you say it it's very basic and should be the number one thing you think about and right. I would say most companies don't right it's right. literally what is the pain point of your client right like what is the issue right you you obviously have the solution you feel you have the solution so what are the issues and there's right. and you touch it a little bit I mean there's Quora there's all kinds of places that are people are asking questions right saying hey I'm trying to figure this out and if there's Great. Then that either can be a blog post for you. I mean, there's a lot, and there's also websites that people say, Hey, are people asking these types of right. questions? Yeah. Or, you know, Buzz Sumo, you can go on and see what yeah, kind of cause has a feature. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's some cool yep. stuff for sure. And I think that's a very valid point. I think that, and I don't think I've had, any, had anybody else say it on the podcast. We have different conversations, but I think that's really the most important thing is like, once again, how does your backing out, like creating content, but engineering it for a purpose, right? You're engineering right. content for, like you want to answer, your product answers these 10 issues, these 10 problems, right? And assuming that your clients have those problems, then now you should answer those questions, right? Not on just on a, on a Q&A basis, but of like, here, let me help explain this, 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 and this. Right. And the other the next level of that is going and looking on a SEM rush or something, looking at the content, the keywords, and then help building that out, right? I think the first level is just start writing about it. And then you get better and better and better with the content and keywords and, you know, once again, longer posts and whatever, your call to actions and all the fun stuff, but I think that's important. That's a very, very valid point of the most basic concept is how are you the solution? Like how are, why, right? Why are you number, why should you be number one? Right. And if
1: you think about, you know, uh, the customer journey, if the listener will think about their customer journey, their customer journey, you know, it usually starts with awareness. Okay. So they become aware that they have a problem. Maybe their boss said, you uh, you know, uh, yes, I think it's time for us to go out and get a new CRM or a new, you know, new, whatever, new, new backhoe, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? So whatever the stimulus, whatever the awareness level is, the next thing we do, 90, I think it's 93% of the time, is turn to Google, turn to a search engine, maybe, maybe a percentage of that is Bing, right? And we've all done it, and it doesn't matter if you're going off to buy a new pair of golf clubs or you know, whatever it is, you turn to Google and you start to research. And so that's what you have to have in your mind is, okay, when someone's starting their investigation, into your product or your service or, you know, whatever it is, what is it they're going to type into Google? And do you have content that can pull them to your site and then keep them on your site, you know, move them to your site and hopefully get to some kind of a a conclusion that they're going to do business with you. And sometimes that happens in minutes, right? If you're hitting Amazon, maybe you found it, you, you buy it. Or sometimes like in our, our business, it's, you know it could be many, many months but you need to keep they need to keep viewing you as a great resource and coming back to you. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. think, think through the journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. The the journey it's, uh, and I think that's important once again, is understanding who you think your perfect client is and what is the journey that they go through. Right. All right, all right. The, And answering those questions all the way along the way and having, yeah. you know, it's not always about saying that you guys have to be the perfect solution because I know a lot of times just answering some questions, at least getting people on your website to, you know, to go look at other content and stuff like that. So it's like, how are you able to pull those people? And I think is, is the big question and content's always a long-term play. You know, people will say, Oh, like content marketing, like how long is it going to take? And I'm like, it's not an overnight deal, you know, right. and we have some kind of a crazy site that has a crazy domain authority and it's had that for a long time. But even then, it had to have gotten there somehow. It's usually through content or or being up going up through the rankings. So right. you know, content is a long-term play. I mean, that's like for us as example. Like, I don't have, and this is not me bragging. I I've said this before on podcast, this is not me bragging. I don't have any sales people, like all my stuff is inbound, yeah. which is the part of that's really great, and part of that really sucks. Cause guess what? If I take a day off, then we don't have any sales that day, right? But the and that's that's a whole another thing. We'll, well, that's a thing I've got to figure out. But it's awesome because the inbound marketing is and it's because of content, right? It's because of the the sites that we write for and the type of content we put out. And now my website's indexed extremely well for a lot of keywords. And then we're kind of seeing that all play out now with sponsored posts and some other yeah. stuff. So it's been kind of nice to see that journey. But it has been a long term play. You know, I mean, I you know talk about. I mean, I'm sure you've done the same. I mean, I've put hundreds of thousands of dollars into my website. Oh yeah. And everything else and you know it's like it's a very much a long like I remember my wife in the beginning like she's like oh that's awesome like you have some you're hiring some writers you're like so how much business are you getting from all the the writing stuff that you're doing like from the, from the, from the website and I'm like no my traffic went up she goes oh that's awesome so <laughs> how much money like I didn't I didn't really get the number you didn't really give me a number and I'm like oh well here's the thing babe. it's like kind of a long-term play." And she goes oh cool so yeah just keep paying for writers my wife's beautiful right? and amazing so I don't you know she's listening to this because she's our only listener she's gonna I don't want to lose our only listener right now but right but the thing was, is for her, I was like, well, why are, you, why are you continuously doing this? And I'm like, listen, this will pay off. Like, there will be a point when it doesn't. And it, and it has. And so now we're at that point. And it's, um, it just, it does take a while. It is a long-term play. But I think, once again, if you put out the right content and people get nervous, oh, but there's so much competition, there's this and that. There's still ways you can still get through it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. There's gaps everywhere.
0: Yeah. That's the key. And the cool part about, even though it is more difficult, there's so much software, there's so much software to go and find. Like we just, I just demoed some software where they do exactly that. They show not only with keywords, but like they just do a lot of, they put a brief together for writing. There was that kind of some automation, some AI stuff that was happening. That was really cool, but it's, it's always, in, you know, and of course, it's how do you find that software and how do you use it? And I guess there's, for us, for you and I, we go jump in and go, oh, this is awesome. And we automatically get it and we start right. using, it. probably not for, that doesn't happen for everybody, but it is, it is interesting. I love, I love where, I love where the space is going and I love yeah. like I said, the automation and not, not autom- automation, but more of like the the software and stuff that you can, you can get your hands on. is kind of cool to kind of see that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. So I had a little birdie tell me that you might be, so this is, so this is ironic. This is very, oh. ironic. this is, I know, I'm glad you're sitting down for this one. <laughs> So is it, so is, do you, you like yachts? Somebody, did I hear something about, are you, I know. My, I goal, my, yeah, my, <laughs> uh, my
1: goal is to uh-huh. someday buy a power yacht power. I, and I know there's a whole bunch of sailors, who all of the sailors who are watching just cringe, Huge
0: uh, amount. Anymore.
1: but I'm too old to, to go sailing anymore. I just want to, uh, the model I, I will probably get would be called, it's called a trawler. It's a slow moving cruising yacht. That's and it. I, Ideally, would like to put it over in San Diego and go over there and give it my credit card as often as
0: possible. Yeah, you will. Trust yeah. me. Don't worry yeah. about that, friend. You here San Diego. I love San I'm actually going to be heading down to San Diego in another month. But yeah, that's, you'll definitely, that's going to be. Yeah, uh... no, I love San Diego. Yeah.
1: And yeah, we go there all the time. But um, anyway, so that's, that's my dream. And I think it's been, uh, I mean, we, we go and charter once a year. And so, we you know, we spend a lot of time on the water, just don't own a boat at the moment. Yeah. But it's, it's my big escape. From this job,
0: and is that and so is that and that's obviously the reason you moved to Arizona. Because I was like, I was thinking, yeah. I was yachts and water. I was thinking Arizona, yeah. like if that would be like if I've, if it was like they're like, hey Shane, like what is the thing where they do they talk and they give you the answer, they give you the question, you have to answer them. I think Arizona, like so isn't that Arizona? Well, when it rains.
1: Well, but- yeah. Actually, strange fact. I uh, is believe this is astonishing, but Arizona supposedly has the largest. Per capita boat ownership of any state in the country. I'm assuming it's because we're all so desperate for water, we go to the lakes all the time. I don't, I don't like I said, I don't own a boat here, but I do know a lot of people who do, and we actually have a lot of lakes. There are lakes. People go there in boats. Uh, but, no, my passion for the water uh, came many, many years after we moved yeah. here. It's probably because we moved here. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: But, but, yeah, now I, I want to only get into the water. So
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't blame you. Well, well, man, as soon as you get that yacht in the water, if, I would love to come and give you $500 for a few gallons of gas and just yeah, because, make out yeah. there with you guys. Yeah. And eat caviar or whatever you guys can do. Drink champagne, I'm sure. Just live that, well, that life. Knows. Yeah. It yes. wouldn't leave the
1: dock. Not- I mean,
0: no. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, it's for safety reasons, obviously. <laughs> right. Right. Too. Right. No, I get it, I get it. And so now what, tell me about, so we have a nickname, what's your nickname? You know what it is, or you wouldn't I know, I'm I know. kind of It's It's dog. It. and you, if you were a club, really
1: good researcher, you might have figured it out. But it's tied back to the Cleveland Browns. Ah. So remember when I was a lad, I was there and the Browns were still there. Now they're ah. back. And the Dog Pound is their big yeah. uh, fan section. So when people knew I, Grew up in Cleveland. Saw, uh, a friend of mine had just Arm Dog was the nickname, and it kind of stuck.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. How long have you had that nickname for? Uh, 30 some years, easily.
1: Yeah.
0: Man, since you were like five years old. That's yeah, awesome. not in Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but
1: since I got to Arizona.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, and you, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And I did say since you were five, and I did tell you I wasn't good with numbers, so I did disclose that ahead of time. But, right. but we're kind of still in this,
1: case, in this case you were right
0: on I was right on yeah that sounds about right that sounds about right No, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate that I appreciate that yeah. so we're getting we're getting down to the end of this thing I mean this is this is the hard part we've we've obviously made the connection and we've had nothing but a great time and I'm gonna come out and obviously live on your guys's yacht for a little bit so I'm excited okay. about that invitation with okay. my wife yeah my son's in college and he we don't need any money there so we should be fine there okay. but I do have a question for this. this is this has nothing to do with marketing actually had probably has nothing to do with 70% of the stuff that we've talked about. Cause we, yeah, have like, we talked no. about marketing. <laughs> no, I mean, It was it, yeah. like two high school friends that just got together. Like I feel like we didn't even touch on anything that we should have talked about. Like we didn't ask about family or anything. So if you were to max out a credit card, like if there was one play, I think you were going to go buy a yacht with this credit card that I'm going to give you, not give you, but you know, they are going to this make believe one. If you were going to max out a credit card, like where would you like, you know, you have, a, let's say it's a $50,000 limit. Let's say you went all American express. Of course, that's going to be due at the end of the month. But let's say somebody just gave you one. Let's say it's a gift card or something for like, you know, auntie hmm. died or something. And she gave you a $50,000 gift card, something um, like, where would you go spend it? Like, where would you, where would be your spot to go?
1: And did you say I can't spend it on the yacht? Oh,
0: no. no, no. Ah, well, we already know you want the yacht. We already know. Well, I'm should. not on the yacht, but there's all kinds of things to buy for the yacht. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> like, that all the West accessories.
1: Marine. West Marine would be like, you know, yeah. a playground there. That makes sense. Uh, no, that makes yeah. total st-
0: so I, buy know. some
1: flippers and some goggles and maybe a, a dinghy for the boat and a captain's hat, of course. Yeah. Man, uh, that's that's yeah.
0: it. And that's fifty thousand you gotta I mean, there's gotta be a few more things. Is it all gold plated? You're just you, you got sixteen well, yeah. points. Yeah, I mean, hello. Yeah. Well then I'll do my teeth. But yeah. get a grill, is that what you mean? Or you mean or you actually get your teeth? Well, I'll get my teeth. Oh yeah, there we go. So your research is so good you knew these were not my teeth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. We, well, we talked to your dentist. I go deep. I mean, we go, we really, we interview a lot of people. I mean, this is almost like, it's like wow. applying for a job at the FBI. Like most people don't know that with this podcast. We go, we go, we want to make both of our people that are listening, but we want them to really be intrigued about, about the people. Huh. That we so cool. we could I get a job
1: at the FBI based I mean, on what you know.
0: I mean, based on what we know, I mean, I think you would be a good candidate. Yeah. You're, huh. you're very, cool. Very elusive. You've, you know, love to be on yachts. Yeah, I know. You're, you're I mean, you know, you're just it's it's hard to hold you down. You got like fourteen businesses, you're writing books every few weeks. You're very creative. So and we appreciate that. Yeah. All right. There well, I'm go. not gonna take up too much more of your time. I, I feel like we've we've given this audience everything they can handle today. I think <laughs> yeah, we've, right. yeah, we've given yeah. a. I I mean they're gonna definitely know about you. And and the cool part about it, if you ever do apply for the FBI, they can just listen to this podcast because we, we that's know right. Everyone. I can short circuit that whole process. Yeah, like, right. well, why do I even interview? Just go to Shane's podcast. And that way I can also gain a listener. So that's kind right. of, mm, everybody wins.
1: At this point, that's like 25% growth, I think. That's awesome.
0: Seriously. Well, we're, Congratulations. we're, going, hot. we're going hot and heavy. I mean, it, it, it is it is a Friday. So yeah. we just go hard on Friday sometimes. Arnie, <laughs> right, it was a pleasure, my friend. It was great talking to you too. Congratulations on your success. And please keep in touch. All right. Same to Bye. you, Shane. Thanks. All right. Take All right. care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.